Hey guys, welcome to the show today. Thank you for tuning in. We have an exciting interview conversation with my friend Pastor Tim Thompson of 412 Church Murrieta. Um, I released a message that um, Pastor Tim gave me the opportunity to preach there recently on the podcast, and then several months ago, you probably listened to the episode from Our Watch, his Wednesday night program, where they bring in guests who are contending and fighting in the public square on behalf of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness and our constitutional republic. And so we have Pastor Tim in studio today here at our studio to discuss his story, what he and his church have done to fight for life and to fight for this country. And I want to just share it with you because there are so few pastors still in this moment who are willing to put it all on the line, to leave it all out on the field, and to care more about truth, the unborn, liberty, and the freedom of the next generation um, before their own reputation in the community. And Pastor Tim has been a real pillar in Murrieta in Southern California for quite some time and has really come against the culture of death and those seeking to prey upon and indoctrinate our children with radical sexual ideologies in order to create more unborn children who become prospects for abortion. Pastor Tim understands all of this and has discipled his congregation to be able to stand in this Kairos moment. Buckle up, you won't want to miss it. I'm Seth Gruber, and this is Unaborted. Well, Pastor Tim, welcome to the show, brother. Thanks for having me out. Absolutely. Uh, you have had me out twice now, and what an honor it's been to just be with your people. Uh, someone who, who travels a lot, the biggest joy and gift is the people. Right. <laughs> you get to meet so many different right. new people. And your congregation, you and your wife, your team has been just incredibly gracious to me, to my family. Um, and we're sensing, I think, a stirring um, happening, not just in the country, but in the state of California as well. Right. And seeing people unite and how God's bringing people together in order to be able to fight and contend. But, but that's nothing really new to you. You've been doing that for a lot longer than the recently awakened pastors right. who were like, yeah. oh, I got to get political now because I'm being told I can't even keep my church open. Right. Um, and so you've been an example of a man who's, who's um, put uh, aside the attacks of being a political hack in order to pursue righteousness um, in the public square. Um, but firstly, I, share your story with us. How, yeah. how did you uh, become a pastor? Where did yeah. you come from? Where did you grow up? And how did God bring you into the pulpit? Yeah, I, um, well, I'm the oldest of eight children. Oh, awesome. And uh, so uh, abortion was clearly never an option <laughs> for our family. Um, in fact, my mom was so intent about, you know, wanting to have children that, like, for her, even birth control, nothing. She, like, for her, look, just we're going to have as many kids as God will bless us with. Awesome. And uh, God blessed them with eight. And, and I wouldn't just... You're a big brother, though. I'm, huh? I'm a big brother to, to them, and, and I love each and every one of them. And we all live in the same area. All of you still. All of us still. Oh, wow. You what know, raised by, by godly parents. We all live in the same area. We all think alike. We all vote alike. You know, we, we, we're we those wow. that weird family that looks forward to Thanksgiving and the conversations <laughs> we're going to have. So, uh, you know, it, for me, I... I was raised knowing the Lord. I, I did my little time of rebellion, but sure. um, thankfully that was short-lived. But, you know, I always knew the Lord, and I was raised to know the Lord. That whole train up your children in the way they should go. Mm. You know, when, yeah. when they get older, they're not going to depart. And I didn't ever truly depart. You know, I did my little rebellion. But, um, yeah. you know, thankfully, right after that little time of rebellion, met my wife, got married, and she saw in me at first that I was going to be a pastor. She, God mm. told her before he told me. So, um, you know, God, God brought us into the ministry and, um, you know, it's been kind of a weird time, especially over the last 10 years for me, because about 10 years ago, 
was when I started getting involved in the political arena. And I, you know, I don't run for office personally. And I think it's awesome. Some pastors do. Um, but for me, I just see my role a little bit different. But I, I got offered a trip to the nation's capital. Mm. And I was real excited mm. about that because I, you know, I love America. I'm a patriot. I love America. I think it's uh, an amazing country. I've traveled the world yeah. as a missionary prior to, to being a senior pastor. I was a missions pastor. And, mm. and I know Amer America is an incredible country. And so I thought, okay, I'll, I'll go this, this trip. And, and I found myself in the office of a man named Ken Calvert. And oh. I'm sitting in his office and really I, I don't know who he is and don't really know why I'm there. I just know that the people that organized the trip said, hey, we're going to tour you around, show you the religious you know, heritage of America, right. but we want to set up some meetings for you when you're there. And, okay, no problem. And, and Ken Calvert asked me, he says, hey, uh, do you have any questions for me? And literally in my mind, I was thinking, I want to ask this man, who are you and what do you do? And what I realized was this is not just Ken Calvert. This is Congressman Ken Calvert. He's my congressman. <laughs> I have no clue who he is. And I've, as a pastor, have said these very generic prayers because you know, the Bible tells us to pray for all who are in authority, right. that we can live quiet and peaceful lives unto the Lord. Well, I had pre you know, preached that. I had prayed very generic prayers. And what God challenged me with in that moment was, Tim, I've told you to pray for those who are in authority. Mm. This man is in authority over your region where you live. You have no clue who he is. You don't know his name. You don't know what he does. You don't know what struggles he has. And God challenged me. You need to know these people. You mm. need to know who the five members are of the school board yeah. that are making decisions for the children in your congregation yeah, yeah. and your children and your future grandchildren. I had no clue right. who these people were. Wow. So I got back from D.C. and immediately... I'm like, okay, I'm going to know who these people are. Wow. I'm going to know their prayer requests. I'm going to know their struggles. And I'm going to know if they have faith in the Lord or claim to have faith. And that's what I did. I, I wow. got back and I, I got a, a member of my congregation who was kind of like-minded in that. And I said, I want you to call hmm. all the school districts in our area, which is uh, five school districts. Okay. Call each and every one of them. And I said, I want you to ask them about issues that we can dig in on. I, I said, I don't want issues about the border. I don't want, you know, and I have strong feelings about the border, but I don't want a, I don't want to cause a division within the church unnecessarily. Sure. You know, so I, I don't want to know about, you know, firearms, stuff like that. Again, very strong feelings, but I go, I want to know about sexuality. Mm -hmm. I want to know about issues of life. Yeah. You know, for me, if I stand in front of my congregation and I say that abortion is wrong and it divides the congregation, oh well. Truth does that. You know, that, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, I'm, I'm okay with that kind of division. If yeah. there's people that think it's okay, well, then you're in the wrong place. Yeah. So we dug in, and man, what we found was incredibly disturbing. Wow. And so <clears throat> when did you start, when did you find out what was in your schools? Was it like within months of coming back from D.C. and having this political awakening? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So this yeah. was, we're talking then... Yeah, a decade two, ago. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah, we started digging in. And, and, and this um, is still Marietta, right? Marietta. Okay. Yeah, so Southern California, Riverside County, which Riverside County, it's, it's kind of going purple. Yeah. But Riverside County still, as far as Southern California is concerned, still right. a very uh, conservative area. 
And you know, a lot of people are moving into that county, attempting to change it yeah. from within, which we, we know that's kind of the blueprint of the liberals. But yep. um, we, it, you know, I've, I've been there since '86, mm. and we've grown. I grew up there, um, raised my kids there. I've got a grandchild due in, in January now, so I mean, I've wow. I was raised there, raised my that's kids awesome. there, and now I got another generation <laughs> coming up. And and so we we started digging in. And I'm sure you're familiar with AB 329 here in mm -hmm. California. That was the California Healthy Youth Act. And yeah. when that hit, when that when that got voted in, signed into law by our governor, that was like opening Pandora's box yeah. because that really started to expose all the things that were taking place wow. in the public school system. Wow. And, and it was uh, incredibly, so again, disturbing. This is, this is significant, too, because we're not talking about, like, some district in New York City or, the, you know, Berkeley. Right. <laughs> right. Right. We're talking about Riverside. Right. Right. We're talking about sort of Inland Empire area, which for those of you guys who listen around the country, this is like uh, just east of uh, South Orange County or San Diego County. Um, and, you know, not really where the left loves to go live. I mean, that's where right. more conservative mm -hmm. uh, middle-income Americans like to go to buy a home that they can't afford in Newport Beach. <laughs> right. And you've right. got some higher income in nice areas as well, but it's hotter, the weather's a little more extreme, and that right. tends to just be more conservative. I right. mean, you know, the coastal California tends to be all crazy leftists. So this yeah. is not like some right. Bay Area city. This is like Riverside, Murrieta. And what did you find? Uh, well, with the, the California Healthy Youth Act, which yeah, I love how the left labels these things. <laughs> it right. is anything but healthy. Um, we, we started digging into the it's curriculum. Just follow the science, Tim. Right. <laughs> um, that, that's one thing. We, we, um, as we dug in, we, we know that what the law says. It says that these things have to be taught medically accurate. You know, we started looking into what they're teaching kids to do. Um, <laughs> It's, you know, they're telling them how to do these things in a healthy way, which, you know, s you know sodomy, things yeah. like that, which there is nothing healthy about that. That's there right. is no healthy way to do that <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's not a healthy act. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, they, we started digging into what they were, were teaching. And it, it basically, it's all, all geared around making sure that children are sexualized at a very early age and yeah. are very well aware of their right to abort the child when they get pregnant. That's right. That's what it's geared around is yep. sexualizing. And, and you think about what's being talked about. Some of these things, I, I won't even mention it on, on your program, um, but let's just say as a pastor, mm. I've said things because I've talked about what's in the curriculum. I've said things I never, even as a non-believer, even as a person who was in a time of rebellion, I, yeah. I didn't even talk about these things then. And now as a pastor, I'm having to talk about this stuff because this is the reality of what's being taught to our children. Yeah. I never thought these things would come out of my mouth. Right. It's incredibly wicked and incredibly um, yeah. disgusting, really. Yeah. You know. Um, and you know what a lot of pastors will say <clears throat> about this, these types of conversations, Tim? And <laughs> it, it makes me angry to even <laughs> discuss the reaction of many pastors to this content. But the reaction and response of so many pastors who learn about this, unlike yours, is that's inappropriate. That's offensive. That's wrong to talk about in church, Tim. That's the response of like a lot of Christians and right. pastors when they, if, if they even, learn about this type of content. And what a inverted perverted response to that right to be like oh that offends my moral sensibilities it's like right. 
Well, what do you think it does to the kid? Right. What do you think that's doing to the kid at eight, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11? Exposing them to anything and everything, leaving no sexual stone unturned. Because the belief of these people, Pastor Tim, is that children have a right to sexual pleasure. Right. Which means they also have a right to know everything about sex in order to exercise their quote-unquote sexual rights. Oh, it offends you as the pastor? Oh, I'm so sorry that offends you. What do you think it's doing to the sheep in your city? And so that's why, I, that's why I'm such a fan of you, brother, because <clears throat> your response is, well, we have to talk about this now because we abdicated our role for so long. Right. And other people took in charge of these institutions of political office and power, and they put in their ideas into the curriculum. Now, unfortunately, we have to talk about it because we have to stand up for the children. Right. Um, so your response seems so duh to me and to the listeners right. of this show, but it's not to many people. No. They, they say, keep that out of the church, just preach the gospel. Mm -hmm. um, well, you know what? Uh, I guess the, the, Good Samaritan, the Good Samaritan, the parable of the Good Samaritan, uh, didn't do a good job because he didn't just bend over and preach the gospel. He helped the bleeding victim. Mm -hmm. Someone was in need of help. Rather than leaning over to him and saying, repent for the kingdom of God is near, <laughs> right. he actually cared for him. Right. And so what does that look like in a political system where we the people are the sovereign? Well, it means caring for people before they're abused, right. getting rid of the curriculum to protect the children. Mm -hmm. so. Right, yeah. I mean, you, you look at, and I love that you said that as far as, you know, oh, we'll just preach the gospel. Do you know how many times I've heard that over the, the last several years? Yeah. We, we just preach the gospel. You shouldn't be talking about politics. I seem to remember Paul saying, I have... I haven't shunned to declare to you the whole counsel That's of right. God's Word. <clears throat> That's the right. whole counsel. Um, the gospel, yes, important, imperative. It has to be preached. Yeah, you yeah. need to hear it. But you, you know, there's a point in time where once you've heard the gospel and you accept the gospel and you yeah, have the Spirit right. of God in you, now you've got to dig into all the other areas of God's Word and go, okay, what does God's Word say about the culture I'm living in? Because mm -hmm. one of the things that the radical left knows about us as pastors is that all you got to do is call us a name and we get our feelings hurt and we clam up. We won't say anything. Oh, you're a racist. You're a bigot. You're a misogynist. You're a homophobe. You're a xenophobe. They throw these things our way and then we just, right. we, we just <clears throat> clam up because yeah. we don't want to be seen as those things. Yeah. So we, we start to just shy away from what has been deemed political. And another thing that the radical left does is because they know this about us as pastors, they then politicize biblical moral issues. They politicize everything. Yeah. Everything's politicized. <clears throat> so then when you when you talk to pastors and go, well, pastors shouldn't be talking about politics. <laughs> well, now, you know, you can't talk about the border, yeah. even though God's the one who from one blood has made all people and has determined the boundaries of their inhabitants. Right. You, so you can't talk about that. You can't talk about life can't talk about marriage, can't talk about sexuality. I mean, you, you start listing it out, the things that have been politicized, yeah. that now pastors go, well, I can't talk about it, it's political. Yeah. Well, then what are we going to talk about? Yeah. Well, just give them the gospel. Yeah, I get that, but what do we, how do we address the culture? You know, how do we talk about abortion in the, in the church? And I've talked to pastors who go, well, I just don't, I don't bring that up in my sermons. Well, why not? Well, you know, there might be a woman sitting in my congregation who's had an abortion. Yeah. And I don't want her to walk away from church feeling bad. And, and I've I'm heard like, that so many times. Here's, the, here's like newsflash, Pastor. You don't have to worry about her feeling bad if you bring up that it's a sin. She already feels bad. Yeah. She's already broken. She's already hurting. Mm -hmm. What she needs to hear is that's not a sin yeah. that God can't forgive. Yeah. And now you bring Amen. in 
the, the restoration <clears throat> and the yeah. healing that God can bring That's right. through His Son, Jesus. That's yeah. what she needs to hear. That's right. My colleague, you know, Mike Spencer, says that pastor's silence on abortion reveals that they either don't believe abortion, that the gospel is all that good, or they don't be, believe abortion is all that bad, or both. Because mm -hmm. either you won't touch it because you just don't think it's that bad, right? Or you're not willing to share the beauty of the gospel to the broken men and women in your congregation whose, whose pain on abortion is the very reason you should talk about it right. in order to remind them that while they arranged the murder of their own child, Jesus is just as eager to forgive the sin of abortion as any other sin. Mm -hmm. But the point is, right, is that we've allowed the other side to define the terms of engagement. Right. Oh, that's political, Pastor Tim. Hey, hey, remember separation of church and state. Just preach the gospel, okay? And some of these major evangelical, big evangelicalism organizations are funded through different various sort of George Soros entities that are sort of connected to him. So you have to kind of start wondering, you know, why are you really being silent? Right. You know, but and the point is, is that the, the, the early feminists have had their, their goal realized. The early feminists of the 60s said that the personal is the political. So they wanted to politicize everything that was formerly just personal issues. What's political about killing babies in the womb? What's political about marriage? Well, it's the smallest political unit, the family, so in a way it is. But you know, what, what's political about um, chopping off the genitalia of an eight-year-old boy because he played with a Sally doll once and he thinks he's a girl now? They politicized every sort of individual, cultural, personal issue. Um, and then they, they masquerade all of their evil bigotry as just, it's just politics, it's just politics, it's just political right. science. Right. And don't worry, we, we have the science of the universe, and we can perfect all of these issues by applying our policies. Just trust us with political power. You just right. keep preaching the gospel, Tim. Mm -hmm. And then pastors cave, and they abdicate their duty in order to be perceived as non-political in the community. But you and I know in America, there's no such thing as not being political, right. because the people are the ones who are responsible for the direction of the country. The elected representatives serve at our pleasure and our consent. So we're more powerful than the politicians, which means that what we actually bear more responsibility right. for the direction of the country. So in virtue of being an American, you are political in virtue of being here and being an American. So there's no such thing as not being political, right. but that's what they try to do right. to keep us silent. So anyways, let's circle back. What did you and your church do about what you started to find in the schools? Uh, well, we, the first thing we did was uh, we we found out that curriculum was being released. So the way it worked was AB 329 passed, but like, like the radical left does, they let it pass and they do nothing at first because everybody gets in an uproar. Oh my gosh, did you hear what they're gonna do? And, and then all of a sudden nothing happens and right. then people go, okay, well, I guess it's okay. <laughs> then right. they, they, the whole time they're developing curriculum and then they start to release the curriculum out. Well, people yeah. have forgotten that AB 329 passed. Mm. Well, now, right. now, a couple years later, curriculum starts coming out. Yeah. And we, we asked one of the local school districts, uh, it's a city just north of us, we said, hey, so what, what do you have going on, you know, sex ed stuff? And they, oh, well, we're going to be releasing the curriculum and we're going to let the parents come and take a look. And we said, okay, well, how many parents usually show up to something like this? They said, well, about 25 parents. And, and, and we're looking, okay, this is a school district that has thousands, <laughs> thousands of students. Right. 25 parents show up? I'm like, this is not good. So what I did was I sent out a blast to every pastor in the city, good. every single one. And I said, okay, here's what's going on. They're releasing the sex ed stuff. Only 25 parents come out. 
you know, I need you to announce this to your church. I need you to bring your church out to it. Parents have to hear what's going on. Um, and, and lo and behold, they had a Planned Parenthood nurse give the presentation. Shocker. Shocker, you know. <laughs> um, so The day that ends in yeah, life. Yeah, so, we, yeah, so we, we show up at this, and I was very disappointed because two other pastors showed up. Wow. Of, and I mean, I, I sent this to probably 30 pastors in the, in the area. Two other pastors show, showed up, and then af, after that, only one of those pastors actually continued to try to engage in this. The other one was like, yeah, you know, you guys are too, you know, this is too extreme. You're being extreme. And it's like, well, have you have seen you read the, the curriculum? extremeness <laughs> of this curriculum? I mean, it was just so wicked. So yeah. um, I, was, I was thankful, though, where um, normally there's about 25 parents the, the school district had to scramble because they did not expect what showed up. We had about 160 parents show up. This awesome. was kind of, you know, this did, was just... Did you help rally? Yeah, yeah. We, I mean, awesome. I, I basically, when we were there, the two other pastors, they didn't bring any members of their congregation. Wow. They, they didn't even want to announce it because it's political. You know, right. so they didn't even announce it. They just showed up. Yeah. But, wow. you know, my congregation showed up and <clears throat> they kind of, Put word out. So we had 160 people there, and they yeah. had to scramble, pull out chairs, and and uh, they just were not prepared. Amazing. But one of the things that was interesting to me in that, uh, we because my wife at the time worked for the Marietta School District, hmm. she said, "Hey, look at those two people over there. I know them. Well, they were administrators from Marietta that were there, trying to watch how how this went." Uh, so that way they could kind of scope it out. So that way when they release it to their parents, they know how it went in the wow. city just north of them. So um, there was definitely some strategy going on there yeah. to, to see how this is going to play out. And, and when I saw what they released and, and how they were acting like it was no big deal, this was um, at the time the big thing. Have you heard of the gender bread man? Yes. Yeah. It's so. like it looks like a gingerbread, but it's the gender bread. That's right. Man. So it's yeah. like on all the little I've seen you know, that, yeah. <laughs> male parts, female parts, and those things can, you know, and then the head, the heart, yeah, your identity, the genitalia. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. you know, so they, You might have this part, but you could be this identity. Right. right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, that was that was in there. That was in the curriculum that was coming out, and of course all the, the sexual rights of the child, the privacy rights of the child, the ability to leave campus, get an abortion without parental knowledge or consent, all of that was in there. Yep. And um, we, we just kept digging, kept digging. Well, we ended up finding out that there was a, like a series of instructional um, conferences for the administrators of schools. Okay. And so we, we go, okay, well, we want to go and check this out. And we went to one, and when we were in it, it just became so abundantly clear what their agenda was. I mean, the the person who was the 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 person we thought was a woman ended up being a man. <laughs> um, but that that person was instructing this this group, wow. and everything they were talking about was how you can implement the opt-out form for parents in a way that is ambiguous so that way the parents can't actually opt their kids out of the sex ed. of the sex ed stuff and it was I mean it just was so clear like we couldn't believe it, it was one of those things where because of the area we live in it, it being so, such a conservative area the area you know Temecula Marietta 
that whole corridor of Southern California, it used to be known as the Bible Belt of Southern California. Wow. There's churches everywhere, you okay. know, we just wouldn't expect that, that they would literally be trying to implement something in a way where the parents wouldn't have a right wow. to know these things or pull their kids out of these things. They were saying, we need to make sure that the kids get taught these things. And one of the people said, well, what if the parent finds out afterwards and is mad? And you know what the person's response was? Who cares? We taught it to them anyway. Wow. Like their attitude is, we just need to make sure we get this in the minds of the children. As yeah. long as we do that, who cares? <clears throat> Parents can get mad all they want. Yeah. Now, did you did some undercover exposing mm -hmm. what you just talked about. Is that right? Right. That's right. right. And we have a yeah. video yeah. that we want to show from your and your team and your church's undercover work right. as, as stewards, as Ezekiel watchmen <laughs> blowing the trumpet saying, this is what is already here. And that's why, for you guys listening, this is why I wanted to bring Pastor Tim on, to expose you to pastors who stand, who care more about truth. God tells Ezekiel that, that if you see the swords of the enemy coming, and you do not blow the trumpet, and the people are not warned, and any of them are taken away or killed, um, they are taken away in their iniquity, but their blood I will require at the watchman's hand. It's mm -hmm. a scary, scary verse. Um, and you and your church are trumpet blowers <laughs> and you're watchmen. Wait, it's and our so watch. here is what you found out while you were on the, uh, on the building watching what was happening. So let's play this. Yeah, because there's a lot. They're going to talk about opt-in, opt-out today. So, um, uh, not, yeah, that and also um, uh, the rights of students for leaving the campus to have some medical um, attention. Concerning certain pregnancies, so, but I think it's other things, too. Because yeah. I don't know the rules, too. That's all new to me. Um, my name is Mike Wari. I'm the Executive Director of Instructional Services. So, of course, this is a health focused uh, area, so it falls under instructional services. Um, we've been very fortunate to um, uh, partner with uh, CARE Services. They have a grant to provide these kinds of networks throughout, Cal throughout California. It's all about the code and the facts, so realize there's some uh, uh, perspectives, um, but it is, uh, the code is pretty clear that it's about the facts and not about something. And so they try to do that. Um, there's some, today I think there's going to be some law that's going to be talked about, so that'll be clear, they'll be very, they tend to be always very clear on the law. Again, my name is Adam Rodriguez. Um, this is Lee Thompson. Uh, I'm working out of our San Bernardino office. Always in the area and available to chat. Um, okay, so I guess let's get started. Regardless of how old the student is, they can walk into a doctor's office and consent to these services without parental consent. Um, those services are pregnancy and prenatal care, contraception and emergency contraception, abortion, um, and so for these, there's no parental notification. Um, I, think, I think a good way to think about all of these is these are just services that California has decided are so important that we're going to allow minors to be able to go into a doctor's office and consent to these services um, because they're just that important and students really need to be able to access them. And, you know, they're very sensitive in terms of a lot of times students don't want to talk to their parents or guardians about these kinds of issues. 
but it's those who can't, right, who are in dangerous situations, who are going to have their college tuition taken away, who are maybe experiencing abuse at home, right, that, can't, that need to have that barrier cleared for them. Young people have the right to leave school to seek confidential medical services without the consent or notification of their parent or guardians. And, and the, I think the key thing to remember here is that when you're thinking about confidential medical release, the right belongs to the young person. So it doesn't belong to the parent, it doesn't belong to the school, the right lies with the young person. The most important piece of this is that schools cannot share this information with parents or guardians. Also, no parent calls. So, you, so you know, a teacher or the attendance office can't call home and say so and so is out at, you know, the doctor's office receiving X. Um, did you know about this? <coughs> cannot do that. Some districts do things like they'll say, "Oh, the student was with an administrator at this time," and that administrator, you know, they won't answer further questions. It's a little tricky though, which is why it's kind of more of an art than a science and there are a few different ways to do it, right? It can't say the student was in class just like every other day, right? Because that's not true to the law for like reimbursement reasons, um, which is why we think kind of the best option is something that is like amorphous, doesn't disclose that that person was off campus having a medical appointment. But saying it's an excused absence does not like directly violate the law. And instruction has to teach students about gender, gender expression, gender identity, and for the harm of gender, negative gender stereotypes. It is not only um, bias-free, but it is affirmatively inclusive of those folks in relationships. Schools may not facilitate a selective opt-out just of the queer stuff, just of the LGBTQ stuff um, in sexual health education. We've heard a lot of parents, unfortunately, who say, um, I really want my kid to learn sex ed. It's important. However, none of the gay stuff. They can't do that. So schools may not facilitate the selective opt-out of lessons that are focused on LGBTQ content by parents or guardians whose students are otherwise in the classroom for other sex ed instruction. Practically, it should be impossible. Because the idea with Chaya is that LGBTQ people and relationships are interwoven into the entire curriculum, right? It's not like on day three you learn about queer people and everything else is straight people. That's not how it works, right? Um, and so opting out just of the LGBTQ stuff is illegal and should be also impossible. Well, isn't that lovely? Yeah, unbelievable. unbelievable. Yeah. Wow. Well, well, you know, we had uh, my friend Monica Klein um, on the show for the second time recently. Uh, but you guys watched this episode, I'm sure. <clears throat> it was just called Exposing the Twisted History of Sexual Education in America. <clears throat> because the groups who have been responsible for writing much of this curriculum, that this ACLU attorney, for you guys listening on audio, by the way, that woman you heard talking was an ACLU attorney. Uh, the type of curriculum that she's discussing to these administrators um, all of this sex ed curriculum was typically developed by like one of three organizations. You have ANSWER, you have um, Advocates for Youth, and you have the Sexuality Information Education Council of the United States, or CECAS. And these were all spawned from Planned Parenthood. 
Mary Calderon, the former medical director for Planned Parenthood, left Planned Parenthood in the 60s to start CECAS with seed money from Hugh Hefner with one of her board members, a man named Wardell Pomeroy, who used to be the director of the Kinsey Institute at Indiana University, which performed sexual experiments on young people and timed their orgasms with a stopwatch. Uh, that's where all this sex ed comes from. And so when she's talking about the sex ed curriculum, these are the type of, but they just call it health, right? It's just yeah, sex healthy. health education. Right. It's just science, right. follow the science, Fauci science, the science of men are women and women are men, the science of unborn children are not persons. Doesn't sound very scientific, uh, Tim, but this is the kind of things that you guys actually exposed. Right. Um, so let's talk about some of that. Unbelievable. Yeah. Sounds like she's coaching administrators in schools how to navigate the legal waters of avoiding lawsuits while, um, while pre preventing parents from being involved in the process of what she literally referred to was their own child's pregnancy. Right. Yeah. And so one of the things she says right at the beginning is um, any child at any age. And that, that was Sick. to me like, what are you talking about at any age? So they're saying any child, any age can leave campus and go and get these things. Emergency which, contraception, yeah. which is the morning after pill, which right. is an abortifacient. Or right. she said an abortion. Right. Right. Um, so another thing she did was refer to us parents as barriers. No and that's, that's another thing that... that when I first started digging into this, I didn't even know what they were talking about. What's the barrier? What's the barrier? And I found out, oh, it's parents and guardians, yeah. pastors. We're all barriers to them experiencing and enjoying right. themselves sexually. Because um, they know that the parents and pastors would recognize that their science is nothing but a sticker that they slap over their bigotry right. in order to hide their true agenda. Right, right. And then, you know, when you look at what she was coaching them how to do is, let's coach you how to, to do a couple of things. Number one, how to lie to the parents, but how to do this in a way that we still get reimbursed. In other words, we want the federal funding for the school district. We don't want to lose money. Right. Don't you want know, to get God forbid we lose money because a child was out getting an abortion. We want them to get the abortion, but we want our money, too. So how can you, as a school administrator, a you know, school district employee, how can you ensure the child gets the abortion, but make sure that the parent doesn't know? So, and, and I don't know if you caught it, she says it's more than an art than a, you know, than a science. So, <laughs> so this is an art. Lying about where the children right. are is an art form that, an that art the schools have to figure out. So um, yeah, we, we need to figure out how to lie to parents, hold this information back. Yeah. And <clears throat> it, it's a sad thing because in, in our region, I know this happening all over the place, but in our region, this, this is taking place. There's, uh, I, I'm on the board for uh, Birth Choice, which is a local um, yeah. you know, pro-life pro, yeah, pro, pro uh, pregnancy center. And they got a call one day from somebody who found this girl on the side of the road crying. They, what had happened was the principal of the school paid for a cab, had the girl dropped off at the abortion center, she didn't go in, she just sat on the curb crying. So a member of the community found her and then brought her to birth choice. And that's right. no, you told me this. And no trouble, the, oh the, princi the principal gets in zero trouble. Why? Because it's his responsibility <laughs> to keep that private for the child. Unbelievable. And, and the, the community I live in, because it has been for so long, so conservative, the Bible Belt of Southern California, you start telling parents, this is what's happening. You know what the parents say? Not in our school district. Yeah, yeah. Oh, or not at my yeah. school. They, that would never fly. I've talked to the principal. He would never do that. Wake up. But these things are absolutely yeah. 
happening yeah. in our in our now community. you can't get Advil or ibuprofen right. in a elementary, junior high, or high school, Tim, without parental consent. You can't go on a field trip right without parental consent uh, and a signed document. Unless it's to the abortion center. Yeah, yeah. Right. you can take a field yeah, trip to the it. abortion center yeah. to kill your parents' grandson right. without parental consent. And not just that, but the the high priests of secular progressivism will coach schools on how to ensure that parents don't find out. And my friend Monica Klein has said many times that when she was at Planned Parenthood as a sexual educator, one of the phrases that Planned Parenthood officials and trainers would throw around all the time was the phrase, parents are a barrier to service. Mm -hmm. And so you began to learn that this is how they view parents as well. And so the, the question becomes, is if this is happening in conservative Riverside County, then what should we assume is happening in our public schools in Berkeley, in San Francisco, right. in Los Angeles Unified School District, right. right? And now we're seeing the ramp up attacks against parents, which is why Attorney General Merrick Garland, who's this pissed off lawyer because he was mm -hmm. denied a seat on the highest court in the land by Mitch McConnell, is now labeled parents domestic terrorists who right. are showing up, yes, angry, yes, angry, mm -hmm. but not resorting to violence, right. but showing up and verbally expressing their outrage and anger at school boards in these viral clips all around the country. Why? For two reasons, the critical race theory they're teaching and the crazy sexual education they're teaching. Those are the, really the only two reasons why parents are showing up in mass and school boards all around the country right now. Merrick Garland doesn't like that, so he labels them domestic terrorists. Right. What was happening last, uh, last school year when the shutdowns were still going on and students were in school? You had several stories come out from around the country where the teacher was telling students via Skype or Zoom to make sure that the parents weren't in the room. Right. Well, why would you be concerned about that? Right, because right. they see the parents as a barrier. Right. And this has been sort of the, the direction of the left's political attacks and positioning for so many decades, Pastor Tim, as you well know, is that you have to separate children from parents because right. the family is the foundational building block of the society. It's the smallest political unit. Mm -hmm. And parents, especially opposite-sex parents in a married relationship living together in a low-conflict marriage, that increases human flourishing. Children fare best when raised by their married biological parents in a low-conflict home, which means that these children will be less susceptible to the lies of the left's political regime and the political project. Right. And what have been communist regimes' goals always? To get children into state schools, mm -hmm. to be indoctrinated with state education, and even encouraging students to whistleblow on their own parents and right. report them to the communist regime. We're just seeing the small attempts of that, but we're seeing the fast-tracking of the consequences of it because we've abdicated for so long. Right. So wild stuff that you and your congregation are exposing. Yeah, I, I really couldn't believe it. I mean, as a pastor, like when I, I became a pastor 18 years ago, and I never thought at that time, like, you know, someday we're going to go undercover and we're going to catch <laughs> our school district doing these things. Like, right. I never thought that that's what I would be doing, but... The second we found out that these things were happening, I go, we got to get into this mm -hmm. next training they're doing, yeah. and we got to catch this on film. Why? Because I was trying to tell parents, and they didn't believe me. Yeah, like this is happening. Oh no, it's not happening. Yes, it's happening. Then we got the the film. Yeah. We went on a car, got the film. They still didn't believe me. Still, I mean, <laughs> we started to kind of make you know break ground with some other parents, but there was still a. Yeah. a vast majority of parents wouldn't believe it was happening. So then we did a FOIA demand. On the Good. you know the county board of education to get all the documentation surrounding what they were doing, yeah. and what we uncovered with that was that hundreds of thousands of dollars were being spent to have companies come in and train the yeah. the school district employees how to do this. 
hundreds of thousands of dollars just in that year, right. just in that county, and that same company that was doing it was doing it across the state. They, we looked on their website. Wow. They just had sem, you know, training seminars set up. I mean, their calendar was full Wicked. the whole year. Yep. And you know, because they do it, the left does a good job, Pastor Tim, at training their troops. Mm -hmm. Their weapons are well sharpened. Their troops right. are well trained. Right. And what would make their day, their greatest hope, their dream, is that those Christians just keep their liturgy in the church. Right. You keep your gospel in the church, Christians. You talk about Jesus and worship him all you want, but don't you take that faith out into the public square. Right. Don't you begin to contend in the ecclesia. Mm -hmm. because Why? Because then our political project and regime will start being threatened right. by the mama bears and the papa bears, mm -hmm. by the, the first and most formative influence in the lives of children, right. the people who created them. Mm -hmm. And that's the greatest fear of this regime right. and of this movement. But you also discovered, as we start to wind down here, Pastor Tim, you, you discovered, um, it, it's, it's, it's almost funny, but it's not. It's, it's like, it, it's so blatant that it's hard to not laugh at it. And that is some of the names that these organizations give themselves. Right, right. That like yeah. when you study it, you're like, are you trying to tell us what you're about and what you're into? Um, but one of those is named Cardia. Right. Can you talk a little bit about what you guys learned about this organization sure. through, through your work? Yeah, when, when we saw all the different invoices, because we did a FOIA demand, but for your viewers that don't know what FOIA is, it's Freedom of Information Act. That's right. So the idea is we as, as citizens have the right to the documentation. We, that information is ours. We own it. So um, give us all. We want everything surrounding this. And That's what right. we found was all of these invoices to Cardia. We were like, what is Cardia? And I looked at the name of it, and it's it was C-A-R-D-E-A. Because I'm thinking, it sounds like Cardia, like cardio, something to do with heart. Right. And, and you know, California, healthy. You, I'm thinking, okay, heart health. Well, I don't know. <laughs> but that doesn't look right, the spelling. So I looked up Cardia, C-A-R-D-E-A, and what I found was that this was an ancient Roman goddess associated with hinged Roman doors. And I'm like, oh, well, hinge Roman doors. What is this about? But but the more I, I looked at what this goddess does is it controls what's able to come in and, and come out, and it sets boundaries. So I started looking at what they're doing with the public school system, and and they want boundaries. They don't want – they're like, the public school system is ours. Right. We do not want parents in here. Let's right. keep them out. And let's set the boundary. We are the controlling. We're the hinge on the door. Right. We're going to control what comes into the school, yeah. what's allowed in. And you can see that all over their materials. That wow. That is the agenda. We're going to control the public school system. It's almost like an alternative religion, Pastor right. Tim, right. with their own deacons and high priests who determine the boundaries of their religion and their orthodoxy and what's allowed in and what's not allowed in. Um, to your point, again, we were looking at this earlier, this Cardia goddess, I'll, I'll even I'll expound more upon what you just said, whose name means door pivot. You said the Roman goddess of door hinges and handles who prevented evil spirits from crossing thresholds or barriers. Mm -hmm. She was worshipped as the protector of children. Isn't that interesting? Right. So we would read that and maybe come away with a positive view, like the protector of children. Obviously, no, no small g goddess children? is any god. It's right. just there's only Yahweh. But, but you're, oh, that's great, protecting children, especially from evil spirits. And like, but, but the left, this is what they do with language. They invert it. Mm -hmm. And this is what the left's been doing for decades, is they know the power of language 
to manipulate what what what, the, what they believe is the power to manipulate reality. Right. Uh, and so now abortion's reproductive health care and reproductive justice. Um, now chopping off an eight-year-old's penis because he thinks he's a girl, Pastor Tim. Now don't you know that's gender affirmation? Right. It's like whoa, whoa, what? It's like, right. and, and and now protecting children is not what we're doing. Right. Oh no, we're the evil spirits, we're, we're, and they're the door right. hinges right. preventing us, and they're right. the barrier preventing the real protectors of children, parents, from getting in and to the schools and getting rid of crazy sexual education that's porn, porn, pornographic. Right. Oh yeah. And now they see themselves as the protectors of children. And this is what they do. This is how they confuse the American public. So follow the science and all of these phrases. Right. This is why it's so confusing for many Americans who aren't as politically woke and, and aware of what's going on because it sounds good. It right. sounds like oh, a healthy youth act, right? right? Who now, doesn't want our kids to be healthy? Now Newsom just signed a bill that yeah. you know of, Pastor Tim, 12-year-olds and older can now charge abortions to their parents' insurance plans without parental consent or knowledge. Right. Again, without parental consent or knowledge. Get those pesky parents out of the way. Right, right. Yeah, and I've, I've said this for years now, whoever owns the definition wins the argument. Mm, and that's, right. the left is brilliant at owning the definition. That's, that's why right. when we as Christians talk about these issues, we always have to stop in advance and go, okay, let's define this. Before we move on in our conversation, let's define right. it and Very understand important. what we're talking about. That's right. Um, it's not. There's nothing healthy. That's right. About this act, this healthy youth act. Nothing healthy about it. Um, these things are happening. This, like, I can't impress this enough on the parents. Is this is happening? Yeah. You know, even after we did the FOIA demand, we had. You know, we had all the lists, like all the, the administrators that signed up, like their signatures on there that yeah. they went to the class, and people were saying nobody's doing that in our school district. Like, look. Like for us, we had Temecula, Marietta, Lake Elsinore, Menifee, San Jacinto, and Hemet. Six districts wow. were all at this training center. You know, and wow. that's all our Southwest Riverside County. The yeah. whole region was going to find out yeah. how to do this. And then wow. you talk to them about it, they go, well, we're not doing that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, you know, Pastor Tim, um, Judas was awakened, activated, and engaged and animated in serving his father. Um, and while he was, the people of God were sleeping in the garden. Uh, and unfortunately, we're still sleeping in the garden. Uh, we're very comfy. Mm -hmm. We're very relaxed with our American liberties and blankets that keep us so cozy and warm and detached from the outside world. While once again, the enemies of God are animated. They're engaged. They're activated in serving their father, Prince of Demons, Lord of Flies. When he lies, he speaks his native language. Mm -hmm. And... So scripture tells us that even Satan masquerades as an angel of light. Mm -hmm. So it should not surprise us that those who serve him do so as well. They masquerade their evil as just righteousness, they, or mm -hmm. to translate that to today, they masquerade their evil sexual bigoted agenda as just science, healthy, human flourishing. Right. <laughs> and the people of God continue to fold at the one point at, at which they're needed the most. Right. And we're talking about children, Tim. I mean, right. children, if we can't protect the children, what are we here for? Right. What are we doing? And right. does does uh, Pastor Tim um, share your pastor's heart with us? Do does uh, Jesus say anything in Scripture about um, protecting children or how he feels when we don't or when we <laughs> harm them? Is there anything in the Bible about yeah. that? I've actually uh, <laughs> I've actually let several school board members know about that that, that do what I call fly the banner of Christianity. Yeah, yeah, yeah Like yeah. you know, oh, I'm a Christian, just like you know, like Joe Biden right now saying I'm I'm a Catholic, like, <laughs> right, and right. he's there with the Pope. Like, well. You know, you're, you're pushing abortion. Stop calling yourself a Catholic. <laughs> That's right. Um, 
you know, you're flying this banner of Christianity, so I'm going to hold you accountable as an elected right. official who says you're a Christian. And I tell them, listen, you, if you're truly a Christian, number one, Christian men don't let this stuff get talked to kids. Amen. Christian men don't let this happen. I watched a clip yeah. of you. Yeah. yeah. And the uh, second thing I let them know is, listen, if you truly are a Christian, then you know what the Word of God says. It is better for you that a millstone be tied around your neck and you to be cast into the sea than to cause one of these little ones to stumble. Just to stumble. Just to stumble. Just to stumble. Yeah, right. What you're pushing yeah. is not causing children to just stumble. No. It's causing them to fall on their face. It I is mean, ruining them. Oh, yeah. 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 It, and, and, you know, psychologists are starting to speak out about some of the damage that um, this, this sex, sex ed mm -hmm. is actually doing to children, that it is actually trauma. Oh, yeah. Um, because sure. it's basically porn that you're exposing mm -hmm. them to. You're, what does Scripture say? Don't awaken passion uh, before it's time or something no. like this, right? Right. It's like, well, you're right. not just... That, that's, that could be used just to say, like, you know, don't be having premarital sex until it's time. Time meaning that it's not premarital, that you're married. Right. But this is not just, like, awakening certain, like, sexual desires. It's, like, showing them everything. Right. And, and I want to end with this point and then give you a chance to, to uh, share your pastoral heart and, and what we can do. But I want people to understand that um, these are not just politicians who have, they have good intentions, Tim. They do want what's best for children. And, but they're just confused. They're mistaken. They're honestly mistaken. And if we can just talk with them, Tim, and, and share with them the damage that this does to kids, then, you know, maybe they'll change their mind. Because I, I don't think anyone would have this vindictive and a nasty heart towards children and towards sexualizing them. Some people believe that about sure. some of these actors. Right. And, and it goes right. back to what you were saying, actually, Tim, about how many parents had a hard time believing it was true because mm -hmm. it seems so wicked and out of, out of the sort of their uh, sphere of experience and knowledge that they're like, how could that be happening? I think we need to understand and I think we need to articulate that these people know exactly what they're doing they know it's wicked and they don't care because it enables them to pull off their political goals. Why? Because if you can sexualize people while they're young, it prevents rational thinking. If you can, if you can um, uh, sort of dehumanize people to their most debased animalistic desires, sex, hunger, just like those animalistic desires that need to be tempered by virtue, <laughs> and, right? right. Um, then it prevents rational thinking. And, and, and then you're raised as a sex-crazed young person who just has sex and gets abortions, has sex and gets abortions, right. um, you're not going to be a thoughtful participant in the American Republic. Furthermore, you'll be able to sell a bunch of abortions. Because right. if you can sexualize people while they're young, then unborn, you have more unwanted pregnancies, way more unborn children that become prospects for abortion that you can make a lot of cash off of. Right. I believe that they know what they're doing, and they're doing it intentionally and passionately and excitedly. And here's the last point I'll make to back up that, that point, that claim. We have laws on the books um, that do ban this, this type of pornographic material. We have laws mm -hmm. against obscenity. If you were to show some of this curriculum, rip it out. And if you were to rip out yeah. some of those pages if and, I was show to, them yeah. in, and show yeah. them to a right. six-year-old right. at your, let's say, your neighbor's kid, and right. you, were, let's say, you would never do this, but let's say some disgusting, right. weird, pornographic-addicted you know, child predator, mm -hmm. showed the pictures to a, a, his neighbor's kids, um, he could actually be sued and taken away as a pornographer and as a child abuser. Right. But we have these, these, these stupid exemptions for right. obscenity laws. And our, so our schools in, I think it's over 30 states, um, have exceptions to the obscenity laws if it's used for public education. 
educational purposes. So that right there, Pastor Tim, tells me that they already affirm and understand that it's dangerous Mm -hmm. because I never hear them speaking out against our obscenity laws. If it was in any other context, it would be wrong and our laws recognize it. But if you slap the sticker science and education over it, suddenly the trauma related to exposing that to children is taken away because why? Because you're in charge now? No, of course not. You know what you're doing, you sicko. And uh, you know, James says, he who knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. Mm -hmm. So for the pastors who won't stand with you, they are in agreement with this and they are consenting to what's happening through their refusal to get involved. But Right. Let's let's finish with you just sharing your your heart and where you see the church at and, and what should we be doing? What can we do? Yeah, I, I think if, if there is any pastors listening right now um, and, and to your entire audience who go to a church, I really want to stress that they need to talk to their pastor about this. And, and that is that, like I said, God says that we are to pray for all those who are in authority. How How is the pastor praying for that person? And do they know that person's name and their struggles mm-hmm. and the wisdom that they need, the type of things they have to vote on, um, the type of pressure they're getting from the public? Get engaged to know who these people are, especially the five people on their local school boards. Because yeah. if they claim to love the children in their congregation, mm-hmm. they need to love those kids enough to ensure a healthy school board for them. Yeah, That's... You know, if you say you love them and then you just say, well, I don't even know who the school board is. Right. Well, do you actually love them then? Mm-hmm. You know, ask, ask yourself, do right. you actually love them? Right. You know, because to me it's, it's unacceptable yeah. to, to say as a pastor you love the kids, but you're not really concerned about the school board because that's politics. Yeah, right. You know, well said. I, I have a lot of people go, well, you know, Tim, you're, you don't have kids in the school district anymore. My kids are grown. You know, I'm going to be a grandfather in January. I'm looking forward to that. People are like, well, you don't have kids. Why do you show up? You know, you should just be quiet. You you shouldn't even have a say. And I, I have several things to say about that. But you know, the main point that I make is, how dare you say that? I've got hundreds mm. of children yeah. in our children's ministry, right. and they're all in these schools. Well, not all. A lot of them are coming out of schools now and, <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. and doing homeschooling. Yeah. But I love each and every one of them. Yeah. And I want them in a truly safe environment where they're, to the best of our ability, are going to be away from this type of agenda, yeah. away from an adult that will talk to them about this sexual perversion. Yeah. Because what kind of a grown man talks about these things with a child? Yeah. That's, there's a problem there. Yeah. So, and so, if you call yourself a shepherd, but you won't protect the sheep, then I guess you're not a shepherd at all. Right. Right. You're probably a hireling. Yeah. Yeah. So we need to protect the kids. I say protect the kids at all cost. The the enemy that we're dealing with, we we got to remember this is a spiritual battle. That's right. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood. We got to remember that when we go yeah. to these school board meetings is our fight is not against the people sitting there. It's the spirit behind them. That's right. We need to go in prayed up. We yeah. need to go in with our spiritual eyes and ears open and watching cuz you yeah. it's it's almost palpable. When you're in there, the spiritual darkness in the public school system, you sit there and and watch. It's almost as if these school board members are under a spell. Yeah, it it is very, you're right, very uh, discomforting when you when you see this happening. Very important for the church to realize that we need to lift that spiritual veil and and see the spiritual realities before us. Satan's always been behind attacking children and killing children. Right, he's he's actually Molech, Mm -hmm. you know shoving children down his throat, right? right. And, and he's behind the goddess of pornography, right. Pornea. 
right? And because he knows that children are more addicted to pornography right now in this mm -hmm. moment in American history than at any other time in world right. history. Yeah. And, and he knows that that destroys families and future marriages for, for millennia. Right. And generational sin is a real thing. So if you can get children captivated by these alternative, you know, goddesses, which is really just Satan, right. you can destroy a civilization. And Satan's always been behind killing children. But, right. you know, these pastors who won't contend to protect the sphere in which their children operate, the schools, would suddenly become very animated, Tim, if, if one of the fathers at the church was abusing his own child in the home. Right. So you care enough, pastor, this pastor, whatever, to protect children and create safe environments within the boundaries of his own home. But you won't do that for the boundaries of a city and the school in which he also operates and right. in which he also has influences and inputs coming into him that dictate how he'll live and how he'll see the world and how he'll relate to God and his family. So you just care about the certain square footage of bricks in which he right. sleeps that you will suddenly become engaged with if mom or dad were abusing him, but not if that's happening in a different square footage at right. the school. What does it matter where it happens or what's it called? Right if the child, child is still being abused because they're under the spell. They're under the spell of the Johnson Amendment, the separation mm -hmm. of church and state that Satan has used to silence the pulpits for decades. Right. Pastor Tim, you're a warrior, man. Well, I appreciate for coming that. on. I Thank hope you. that inspires and activates people. And, and if, for you guys listening to this, you need to share this with your pastor, okay? You need to share this with your elders, um, and you need to, to have these conversations. Be willing to have those hard conversations right. and sit down. Show this undercover video. Um, is it available just in a link online as well? It, yeah, it's on our YouTube channel. Great. So we'll watch. put a link to the actual clip itself so you don't have to fast forward to find it in this episode each time. We'll put that link there. We'll put a link to, to Pastor Tim's program, Our Watch, uh, with Wednesday evenings in Murrieta, as, as well as their church, 412 Church Murrieta. Um, and share this stuff with your pastor and ask him, one, does he know about it? If he doesn't, now he does. And now what are you going to do about it? Right. Are you a shepherd or not? Are you willing to pick up a staff to protect sheep and hit wolves over the head or not? Or are you just a pathetic excuse for a shepherd? Because you care more about your reputation in the community, the tithing of your Democrat congregants, let's call it for what it really is, right. um, and, and, and the likability of people who differ from you politically. And you'll put that before being perceived as political when really you're contending against these spiritual forces that are attacking children. Right. That's what we're talking about. So... Well, brother, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me we'll out. We'll be praying Appreciate for it. you. You keep being in Ezekiel. All right. We'll do. <laughs> thank you guys for joining the show today. Head on over to iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. Give the show a rating and review. Let us know what you think. It really helps us reach more people, especially in this Kairos moment that you and I know we need to be unifying the body of Christ to present a united front against the culture of death and their greatest sacrament of abortion, which animates their entire political project. If you want to support this show, go to patreon.com forward slash unaborted. Check out our tiers. You can support the show a little bit a month. It helps us ex uh, expand our production value, have better guests on the show, be able to fly guests out, and uh, begin producing content on the streets <laughs> to expose the ideas we talk about on this show to people who have never thought deeply about the abortion issue so we can change minds, change hearts, and save lives. Go to lovelifecalifornia.org to sign up for our conference in California on January 29th at Calvary Chapel Chino Hills where we're going to start taking back life in California with the goal of mobilizing a Christian witness outside every abortion center in California 
by the end of 2022, offering the hope of the gospel and the help of the local church to end abortion in California that would result in a domino effect for righteousness all across the country as we contend against these spiritual principalities and forces that are not just murdering our children, but indoctrinating them with sexual ideologies if they make it outside of the womb alive. Uh, we want to see you there on January 29th, lovelifecalifornia.org. Sign up now while tickets are still available. We'll see you next week. I'm Seth Gruber, and this is Unaborted. <laughs>